morning. How is everybody doing today? Really? Just, just two or three of you, huh? Well, we are glad that you are here worshiping with us today. Today is we're wrapping up the ultimate field guide to, to healthy relationships, and we we hope and pray that this this is this series has been good for you in your relationships and th- and things like that. So let me do let me do this. Let me go ahead and pray, and then we will get started with this message. Father, thank you. Father, I pray that I just get out of the way and that you can do whatever you need to do here through the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you will come, you will speak to us, you will speak through me, and you will give us what we need um, to, to do what we need to do here on this earth. In Jesus' name, amen. So through this series, we've, uh, we've talked about God equipping us with the tools that that. Um, help us in relationships, right? And in, and we've learned that relationships are not interactive, or they're interactive, not transactional. And we need to make sure that it first starts with the Holy Spirit. We also learned the following week about how it all starts with the heart, right? Be an active listener. One of the instructions that my wife gave, maybe because I am not all the time, but but. Be an active listener. That's one of those things that we need to do. We need to let love be the highest value in relationships. And last week, Pastor Jason shared a lot. How many liked Pastor Jason last week? I don't know if I can bring the amount of energy he did, but I will try so that you guys will stay awake on this Memorial Day weekend. Um, The reality, this is what he brought. The reality is that we all have a personality, a unique and interesting person, purposeful, designed personality by God for us to be able to have relationships with one another. Jesus tests our natural temperament in order to reveal the, a supernatural template, okay? And then who, are, who we are can be the crutch for inaction or a catalyst for accomplishment. Or he also talked about our personality provides us with both power and sometimes poison. So... This is the one thing, if you summed it all up, this is what I took away. God's redemptive plan for our lives is to give us the opportunity and ability to express the power of who we are. One of the greatest ways that we do this is through the production of sharpening our character with one another in relationships. That's what I took away. This week, this week's kind of an easy one because we've seen these words everywhere and and it was interesting because this week actually set up my entire message. Like the way my week went, it set up everything. So here it is. This is what I would say. If you want to write any title down or anything, um, and it might, it's not that holy, I promise. Um, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Because, yes, I am stealing a Nike fr- phrase though. But... I think when it comes to ultimate guide to healthy relationships, you have to be in them. So just do it. Now, when you're in them, it brings about strength. You know, I've talked about this story before, but I can remember 
growing up in my backyard, I was kind of spoiled because I was the only adopted child. There was no other children, so I was the adopted child. So I, was, I, I had this special way to kind of sometimes manipulate my parents to get what I wanted. And, and the cool thing was, was I can remember this giant, giant, giant. Now it's probably, it was small, but it was really giant to me at the time. Playground, sandbox in the backyard. We had this big old swing set where we had the, the, the monkey bars you go across and then um, you could swing on like all four sides. There was a giant slide. We would put, we'd put wax paper on it so that you would just go and when we would put mud in it, you would just skim across the mud and then you would be in the grass. I can remember it. I can remember with my friends. And I remember to this day the pictures in my mind of those times, of those relationships, of people coming together, different ages, different beliefs, but coming together and hanging out and enjoying each other's company. Now, the question I have is, do you have a sandbox story? Do you have one of those stories that you can remember back then? More importantly, do you have that story now where you have a sandbox and your friends and people around that are strangers can come into that place and be a part of that sandbox? Because here's the thing. I think society has done us wrong. And I'll tell you why. We have garage door openers. No one gets out of their car anymore to open their garage, which means that you drive right in, you turn your car off, you close the garage door, you're in the house, and you don't say hi to your neighbor who's out watering their grass. You, we have fences. I can remember, like, in my subdivision, I can remember I could see all the way across. Unless there was a big dog, I could see all the way across, and there was no fence. There was, there, you know, now we have fences to guard us or keep the dogs in. How many have pets? Okay, few of us. Not all of us. How many have fences? Okay. We text instead of talk. It is a phone. Yes, it is not on the wall. We don't go... You know, we don't have to do that, but we, we have the convenience in our hand, and we still text. Society has taken us from a healthy relationship environment to not so healthy. Church, I want us to be more like that sandbox story, where we can open up our lives, we can open up our house, we can open up our hearts to people so that we can change the world and we can change a community and we can change a city and we can change our neighborhood one person at a time. I know for me, in relationships, I've been fortunate. I've come to church, I've hung, up, I've hung out in small groups, I've been a part of leadership teams in several different churches. 
And I can remember when my son was sick in the hospital. Um, and I can remember him almost on his deathbed because he couldn't breathe. Air flighting him to Children's Hospital. I've, side note, I never knew that I could drive faster than the, ho- the, the helicopter getting there. Um, but I did. Um, and fortunately, there were no cops. But um, the, the thing is, is I can remember the next day, someone was there. Someone was there to love and walk me through that. I can remember when my mom was sick. I can remember for my dad, who sat by her bedside and just waited. And I can remember one of my friends going and spending the whole afternoon, not even really knowing my dad, but knowing me, getting to know my dad and hanging out with my dad and loving on my dad when my mom was about ready to pass. I can remember during some workplace changes in my life, some transitions, where there were people, when I felt like I should be laying down, or I felt like I could be waving the flag, I can remember someone there holding me up and walking me through it. Maybe for you, you have those people. But maybe for you, you don't. Today is a great opportunity for you to find those people. You can look to the left and you can look to the right. And you can see people who are dying for relationship. Literally dying for a relationship. Now, God intended us, the the church, to be a community, not just come in on a Sunday morning. He, He wanted it so that everybody can know God together in a community. He wanted us to teach and be able to go and, and reflect and be able to love and be able to experience him in a community and then go. See, the word of God shows us some great examples. Jesus, one, was a great example of this. When he came here, he went and he said, hey, What you are doing, I don't necessarily agree with, but I want to hang out with you. He went to the tax collectors who everybody else looked down on. And he said, hey, um, I'm doing this thing. Do you want to come hang out with me for a while? And they did. They dropped everything and followed him. And then... That's where we see disciples. That's where we see the disciples starting to form as life was being done together. Together. We see crucial disciples met after Jesus left in a community. They they were in a community group, what we call around here life groups. That's what they were doing. Showing up for church and thinking this is all there is is not the way to life. I have news for you. God is not sitting up there taking attendance 
on your account. What he's doing is saying, are you healing? Do you know me more? Are you experiencing me with others? That's what he's doing. He wants you to have relationship with him, but also have relationship with others. Church, we need to be having interactive relationships with people so that we can invest and invite people in to our community so that people can know God. Because let's look at what Jesus said for the purpose of the church. And you're going to be like, I don't understand. This scripture really doesn't make sense, but I'm going to kind of break it down as we go along. Mark 16, 15 through 18 says, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Go into all the world, is what he said, to preach the gospel to all creation. Jesus is saying, we need to know God. We need to know him. And then he goes on to say in verse 16, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. They were integrated into the family. That's what God was saying. That's what Jesus was saying. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in, my, in new tongues. God doesn't just want us to know him, though. He wants us to be in family with him and others. He wants you... Through this family, this life group, these community groups, as what they saw it, he wants you to find freedom. And you do that with others. And then he says, and this is where you guys are going to be like, oh, oh. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. So when you leave, there will be juice for you to take. No, just kidding. But anyways, but God has a purpose. It was for you to discover your purpose. Your purpose is to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, which is to share with others, but in maybe a different route than me, which is up here on the stage. Maybe it's just through loving people or loving kids in a, a kids ministry. Maybe it's singing on the worship team. Maybe it's just greeting someone coming in. Maybe it's in the parking lot. Maybe it's even leading a life group. That's what you guys need to find is your purpose. And we are here to help you do that. And guess what? When you do that, you will live in freedom and you will make a difference. So, All of that to say that is our vision statement. We exist here at the Springs Church to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And then we start all over again to help someone else know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. You do that time and time and time again, you change the culture that is changing us. You change a culture that may feel, may feel that we are left out. You change a culture that society tells us to do it this way, but yet we do it this way because this is what Jesus did as he walked this earth. See, 
he then shares this with the disciples. Don't do anything until I send Holy Spirit. And then we see in the book of Acts that he does. That Holy Spirit comes down and some things happen. He said, I, let me show you some things. Acts chapter, Acts chapter 2, and then it, it, it talks about the day of Pentecost. And I want to tell you, if you start in the first verses, Acts chapter 2, you're going to see something that happens that is the biggest thing. People always say, I like the small church. I like the little church because I'm comfortable in the little church. But I will tell you here today, God likes big churches. It's proven in Acts chapter 2. There were 120 people meeting together. And at that moment in time, God revealed the Holy Spirit to them, and immediately 3,000 people came and were saved. As I told our leadership team and our dream team here, I was like, that is a leadership nightmare. Because you are not ready <laughs> for 3,000 people. But how did they do it? I think we see how they do it. We see it in Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to, one, to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So it did not just stop at 3,000. They hung out. In home groups, as you just as I just read, and as they did that, God continued daily to add. But let me let me ask you: How do you add something that may not be there? You don't. You invite people. You invite people, and you speak into people's lives because you know God. So that they can come and they can find freedom and they can discover purpose and they can make a difference. There are, I want to say, nine life groups out there on the table. There's things from the next generation. There are also things to serve. There are things that are just hanging out. And there, there are also a couple that are you're going to dive deep in or deeper into the word to learn more about God. I think there is something for everybody. Everyone in here should be able to sign up for something. But we see the first thing that they were devoted to was God's word. Our church is built on nothing else than that. God's word is what we build our church on. Church, this is what we need to know. It's, it's, it's how we need to live. This, this right here is us, our instructional guide to a healthy relationship with people. This is it. Well, I don't want it. I want the fast version. Let me ask you a question. Is it faster if I ask all of you that have cell phones, 
to pull out your phone and text someone, or is it faster to go to your contacts and hit send? Like, not a send, but a call. So then why do we waste our time on texts and not have that personal phone call with people? And I'm guilty of it. But the thing is, they were devoted to God's word. And I'm just trying to think how we could not waste as much time in our lives by sitting there, especially at the stoplight trying to get through. Like, why don't you just hit the phone call? See, church, we need to know God's word so that we can live it and we can teach it. All right? Jesus said to the people, this, uh, who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know what? The truth. And the truth will do what? Set you free. Where do you find that? Right here. In the word. See, we see that there was also fellowship happening. There was fellowship going on in Acts chapter 2. We see that life change was happening best in the context of relationships. They were breaking bread. How many like to eat? Yeah? They were breaking bread in homes together. And through, through all of this, they had glad and sincere hearts. Now, some of you probably don't like to necessarily entertain but they showed no matter what breaking bread and eating they loved to entertain because they had glad and sincere hearts it's funny how some you know now culture has shown us that it's okay that we hurry up hurry up hurry up make clean 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 get all this stuff together okay now our guests are here let's just act cheerful right how many actually are cheerful through all that stuff that they just did? Because I do not like cleaning. I mean, seriously. How many have glad and sincere hearts by the time the guests get there with the type of lifestyle that we live? So... Not only did they have glad and sincere hearts, it went on to say that they were praising God and enjoying the favor, not of one person, not of two persons, but all people. That includes mother-in-laws, father-in-laws, Uncle Bob, grand, great Aunt Bethel. Like, that includes everybody. All means everyone. In James 5.16, it says this. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. Here's the thing. There was healing going on in these groups because, because they were in relationship together. And, and, and the thing is, is that healing happens not when you say, God, please forgive me for my sin. The healing happens when you confess your sins to others. Because if you don't confess your sin, then you still hold on to it. So, 
I'm going to read that one more time. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. God does the forgiving. People in your lives, in your confession, does the healing. That is what life groups are all about. That's where you find freedom. See, we also have strength in relationship because of the power in prayer. At the Springs, we give these opportunities of doing life groups together through our life groups. This is where we can come together and pray and grow and strengthen our relationship with God and each other. Question, how many of you here know 10 people that are in here? Okay. All right. We need to be doing some stuff. We need to be joining life groups. We need to be getting to know people. Look what Matthew says. Matthew 18, 19 through 20 says this. Again, truly, I tell you that if two or more, two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I, there am I with them. There I am with them. So here, I have a question. What does that say then? Does that say that I'm supposed to be over here by myself in the dinghy? Or am I supposed to be over here hanging out in the cruise ship with people? What should that look like? Two or more. Like, through being devoted to God's word, being in fellowship together, and believing together in the power of prayer, we see this that happens. The Lord added daily. The Lord added daily. Added. What does that mean? J.D. and I meet. We hang out. God added another. Now we have three. The three of us meet. God added another. Now we have four. One person at a time, we can change lives in this community. One heart at a time, we can share and love with people, share people. We can share what God has for people. Remember, the key is that everybody knows God. They have to know him to understand what a relationship with him is. When they get in relationship with him, then we need to show them what it is like to be in relationship with one another so that they can find freedom. And each of us can find freedom. Because I don't know about you, maybe you don't have any more hang-ups and things like that, but I'm being honest right now, as your pastor, I still have hang-ups. And I still, I still need people. I still need to find freedom. And by doing 
by confessing, as, as it said in James, by confessing to others, then I can heal. You and I need to be doing that. This week, so as I was preparing for this week, I didn't put any pen to paper except just jotting notes down here and there, but I didn't actually literally start writing this until about 10 o'clock last night. And I'll tell you why. Because God wanted to show me what relationships truly look like. All week, I have been busy. But it's not been a bad busy, it's been a good busy. Tuesday night, I met with some people from church. We hung out around the table. We laughed. We, we had fun together. On Thursday, I got a phone call to let me know that there was a baseball game. And, and we went to the baseball game. And we hung out. And we got to talk a little bit afterwards. And we just did life. And yesterday, we had the opportunity to go to the Dream Center, and we sponsored a room there. It's the largest room that they have. It's their garage, but the garage is actually turned into a gym. And we had the opportunity to paint it. There was about 12 of us there, and we hung out. We had a good time. We broke bread. Maybe not together. We did it in a shift because it was hard work, intense work. It was a lot of square footage to paint and the amount of time that we had. Um, we hung mirrors, we put floor mats down, and we, we just hung out. And we did something for people who needed to feel like people cared. And we did that. And we did life together. And so God wanted me to see this whole week so that I could put it on this iPad to talk to you guys. You see, not only did he do that, but he's been showing me this picture, this picture of what a spring is. The spring, I don't know if you know this, but the springs are the most natural and purest places to draw up water. Springs are a result of a process. The water goes through so so much before it can be considered pure spring water. But water has to well up from, the, from, an, from an underground source, pass through an aquifer, a natural filter, then overflows onto the land surface. I don't know if you know this, but a lot of the massive rivers that we have in the United States and around the world start by a spring. He showed me this picture of what the Springs Church really, really is. And, it's, and it, I kept going on, and this is what we wrote down, is the size, range, and the amount of water varies. The process can take tens to hundreds of thousands of years to complete. I want to encourage you today, though, that no matter what situation or circumstance arises in your life, no matter how dry your season may look, how big or small your situation may be, remember the process. To purify your heart, your mind, your soul, your need to take, your need 
to undertake a refining process that's going to hurt. It's going to take time and it will take patience with yourself. This is the source of the name, the Springs Church. It is a process. We all take one step at a time. We all move forward one step at a time. But what I don't want to do is leave anyone behind. There are people all around this this city and this county that need us to grab them by the hand and walk them step by step by step until they know God, until they find freedom, until they discover our purpose, their purpose, and make a difference. Your relationship with Jesus is a process. And it's a constantly refining one. And he is constantly refining you. The best way to do this, though, is through relationships. So my encouragement to you is don't hurry up after service and leave. After service, go outside to these two tables that are out there and look at the nine life groups that are out there that are available. Where someone said, hey, I want people to know God. I want them to be able to find freedom. I want them to be able to discover their purpose and maybe I may have the opportunity to make a difference in their life by opening my time, by opening my house, by wanting to break bread with one another. Let us be a bunch of living springs that well up from the inside out to flood the city of St. George and Washington County. Let us be that raging river because of the amount of springs that are bubbling up to flood this whole place. Let us by the guidance of the Holy Spirit, be the place that changes a city. Let us be there. Just do it. Jump in. Just do it. Be involved. Be involved in life groups. Be involved in our service team, our dream team. Be a part of it. Be in relationships. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for today. God, thank you for the picture that you showed us, showed me this week. Father, about the about relationships. God, I've been in relationships all my life. But I know that the very the very most important one is the one with your son Jesus. And there could be someone here that may not know and not have that relationship with Jesus Christ. And I want to make sure that we we give that opportunity for you. So if that is you, and you don't have, you've never taken that step, you've never done that, or you have, and you just have completely walked the opposite way. Today I want to give you an opportunity to just say, Jesus, I want that relationship with you. Because this thing that, that Pastor Brian is speaking about, I, I, I really want to know more. Because I want to know you more. 
So will you come into my life? And if that is you, please do me a favor. Let me, let me know who I'm praying with. If that's you and you need prayer to, to, to actually take that step into relationship with Jesus Christ, on the count of three, I just ask that you raise your hand so that I can be praying with you. One, two, three. If that's you and you don't, you've never taken that step to have that relationship with Jesus, for the first time or the first time in a long time, I just encourage you to raise your hand. Do me a favor and pray this in your heart as I pray it out loud. God, thank you. Thank you for relationship. Thank you for loving me. Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross so that I didn't have to. All because you wanted me to have a relationship with the Father. I thank you for that. I come to you and I confess with my mouth. And I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and Savior. And I just want to just welcome you in. From this moment forward, I continue to walk. I will continue to walk through Holy Spirit, with Holy Spirit, hand in hand. In relationship with you. I ask for your guidance, your wisdom. Father, I pray for the rest of us. I thank you for those that have made that decision today. But I pray for the rest of us, God. Father, I pray that we just do it. We just get involved in relationships. We take out whatever society has told us. We take out whatever we may be afraid of. And we just jump in. Because that's where life change happens in the context of relationship. God, I thank you, and I just ask for your guidance and wisdom on what life group to choose today. In Jesus' name, amen.